This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Joined as always by the man himself, it's Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how you doing, man? Hey, buddy, I'm doing great. Uh, excited for another fun day. I was just listening to you guys before we we hit record here i didn't realize how much you two had in common so it, it may be a, a much deeper uh, conversation than i thought it would be so looking <laughs> forward to it we've got a, a super guest who has become a good friend over the last year or so and uh, really excited to have him on and uh why don't you introduce us and we'll get rolling Yeah, we have Adrian Jovinko joining us here on the podcast today. He is at Inspire Transpiration Solutions. Adrian, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Welcome, man. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's great to see you guys. Great to be with you. He's got a voice for for podcasting for sure. I I don't know. I was just about to say that when and I cut you off, but that's what I was going to say. Is like we got a pro on. Yeah. uh, I do my yeah. best. My brother's uh, voice is much deeper, probably better, better suited for that. But uh, well, we'll, we'll we'll take what we can get. I mean, coming from my scratchy Southern Hicks off, I'll, I'll take it. Anything's an upgrade. So, well, I really do, uh, Adrian, appreciate you taking time uh, to join us today. You know, we've talked about it for a month or so, having you on and finally got the schedule worked out. Um, you are in the Golden State. So we had to work that little time difference in there a little bit. So um, really do appreciate it. And I know you uh, are busy and as the CEO of a growing entity uh, in a industry that is becoming more and more mainstream every day, I'm super happy to work with you and looking forward to you telling us a little bit about Inspire and kind of what you do, why you do it, how you do it. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor and let you uh, take it for there for a few minutes. No, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really fun journey um, figuring out how, how we can serve this, this burgeoning industry. You know, the can- cannabis industry is, uh, is just uh got so much interest in it from so many different angles. Um, it's, it's one that I, you know, you find uh, the types of people that it attracts um, are, are really just, just special individuals. I feel like um, the, the type of different varied backgrounds that you get in this space, um, so many different types of expertise uh, coming into the space uh, and it's just been it's been really a joy to serve this this industry. You know what we what we do on a day to day basis at Inspire is really pushing, trying to help push the boundaries of of commercial industrial cultivation and and drying and curing in particular in, in those aspects where the environmental control is is so paramount to their overall success. And, you know, just really trying to help empower our clients to be able to make as much money as they can and and realize their dreams through, you know, the ability of building out facilities and rooms and systems that they can really lean on and that are true assets to them and their businesses, knowing that this is an industry that is, is growing you know the the puns are are rampant in this industry so i'll I'll try to do my best to uh to avoid as many as possible but it's it's just it's it's 
in a stage where we've, there's, we've gone through a number of, let's call them sort of revolutions where we've gone, you know, worked our way through an LED lighting revolution, really, where we've moved from, you know, and it, it still is, is in process, but really, you know, seems that it's, that it's crested that the adoption, that LED lighting is here to stay. Yet the vast majority of the cultivars have been bred under high intensity, high intensity discharge lighting. So that's, that's a whole piece of it right there. Well, let's start, start to see what the genetics can really do under a new type of lighting source, which is what a lot of the cultivators are, are engaged in currently today. You know, we've gone through an irrigation, fertigation, you know, revolution in a way where you now have the ability to do all of that in an automated fashion and really be able to repeat it. Um, and we, we feel like the environment and the climate in these spaces um, is really that that third revolution. And that's that's what's going on right now. And the ability to provide really high level control based upon the risk you know, risk tolerance level that our, our clients work with, um, we get to really work with them to, to figure out what it is that meets their needs, but be able to provide what we call 24 hour VPD control, real, you know, true control over the space uh, with an integrated type system. And it, it's just been a, a joy to serve this, this industry. So many, so many things there are of interest to me, but what, tell us what VPE is, because if you, if you use an acronym on, on the program, you have to explain it. No, that's, we're all learning. That's good. So uh, it's vapor pressure deficit, also called vapor pressure differential. You could probably go to go to Anders's podcast with you from a couple of weeks ago to uh, to go a lot deeper uh, on the plant biology um, level um, to go into that. But we're basically talking about a differential. Um, between the inside of the leaf and the outside of the leaf, which we would call the environment and the ambient environment with which that plant is growing. And so that vapor pressure differential, the amount of moisture inside of that leaf versus outside of that leaf, and as it changes through the day or through the cycle from day period lights on to lights off, that's really what's going to help drive your plant growth. Um, and making sure that you're able to stay within ranges that, that are healthy. So taking just that simple acronym and, and having learned it as I have over the last year, I equate that to, to other folks in the industry is the difference in like a household where you have in the, in the winter, you're adding humidity into the household and then you exfiltrate that vapor through the wall of the house back into the lower humidity ambient. Like in the winter, you know, you have 20 degree or 20% outdoor humidity. You're working hard to build 35 to 40 inside, but that water really wants to get out to the drier environment. So if you look at it from a macro scale, it's that house or building analogy versus the leaf on a micro scale. So that, that's kind of how I think through like, what, how do I relate to what, you know, and Anders, you mentioned Anders Peterson. So the deeper I get into understanding cannabis cultivation and the whole industry, and I'm old, I've told y'all that more than one time. I'm, I'm forever shocked at the amount of sophistication and education of the people that I'm 
able to interact with like Anders and, you know, Adrian, correct me, but he's basically a microbiologist or some unique degree that studies the molecular construction of agriculture leaves and stems, basically. Is that pretty close or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think he, call it, he calls himself a cell and molecular biologist. Yeah. There you go. So uh, by schooling, but it's been growing cannabis for 15 years or more. And yeah, and that, 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 that combination of art and science is really where we find ourselves in this industry. And that, that it, it's just, it's just, uh, there's the incredible ability in this, in this space to, to try to figure out where those two come together. Well, it, it's, you know, so when I first started in the industry, air conditioning industry. It was about cool people and heating people, you know, that because we were we were in a, a commercial air conditioning company and that's what we did. The more I got into the mission critical data center world, the more I was concerned with product meaning data. And so your world of the cannabis cultivation really equates in my brain more toward the data center market because we're doing a whole lot more than just making sure that, you know, Sally and Bob are happy in their office because you have so many variables that are, are impacted. And, and I did a little publication uh, newsletter article or not a newsletter, but an article a couple of months ago that you guys were so instrumental in helping me make sure I got the facts right. The, the whole grow cycle of a, of a plant to flower and cultivation. And there's so many variables. If you look at the, the temperature gradient and the humidity gradient required for the life of that grow cycle, it's a whole heck of a lot different than it is keeping Bob and Sally happy in the office. You know, the understanding the the all those things are so critical so I have fallen in love with the freaking science of it because it's it's interesting. And, and you know, cooling people and heating people excites a lot of people. But for me, you know, I, I, I waned from the excitement because it became kind of a little bit stale. And when you get into an industry like the data center or, or now learning what you guys are all about, in the cannabis world, it kind of like lights your fire back. You know, you got, okay, something new to go learn, you know. So I'm I'm excited by it. And I've appreciated all the tutelage you guys have offered me. And then I hope I've given back a little bit on the mechanical side of, you know, what we're doing together. So yeah. it's been fun, man. Uh, absolutely. No, we and we appreciate every every bit of your your background and experience as well, and and, and the whole the whole group. I mean, it, it takes a it takes a village to to get this stuff right. To your point, there, it's that's really one of the big reasons why why I ventured into this. You know, the, the west of the Rockies, west of the Mississippi, there's really almost no humidity here. We don't hardly ever even use psych charts out here, in California. You know, from a want to get you know, get, get a little mechanical engineering nerdy ish for a, for a moment. It's just like you, you know, you just grab, you, you grab 
sensible cooling type equipment and rooftop package equipment and do a quick little back of the napkin load calc and throw a unit on the on the roof and you're done sort of thing whereas th this is a completely different energy balance inside of these spaces um and to your yeah the comparison with with the data centers there's definitely comparisons there but that's a fairly static load for the most part and it, there's not there's not the need for dehumidification the way that there is in this space you know, this is others compare this to a to like an indoor pool room, an auditorium type space potentially. Which yes, there's a lot of dehumidification that needs to be done there. We'll, we'll sort of look at that from the side of you know, yeah, you got to remove a lot of moisture, but that load also doesn't really change. That's also a pretty static load that you're designing for, and so the dynamic, you know, the, the that's really. To, to me is where a lot of the challenges come in in this in this space where it's a you know you're you're providing the ability for life to grow right and it it changes every day every minute every day day and night the way that these plant cycles work and so that that load is just so much more dynamic in these spaces and that that's that is one of the excitements about about this industry and in, in this space and, and really what has sort of brought us brought us here is that it's it's more challenging it's difficult but also very exciting and new and the the guardrails and ASHRAE standards if you want to call them that or you know statewide mechanical codes other no, nothing has been written yet for how this industry really will be you know wh whether you call them you know ASHRAE puts out advanced ASHRAE's the American Society of Heating Refrigeration Air Conditioning Engineers as far as a talk about a mouthful of an acronym but it's you know that it's the type of organization that most engineers and, and contractors and, and owners look to to help define whether it be standards or recommendations you know they put out advanced design guides and things and we're, we're still a number of years away from that being available from an organization like that and it, it's exciting to be on the cutting edge of helping to shape the way that the, the industry will support, the, the, as far as the HVAC industry, will, will support the cannabis space because it's all so new. And so there's just, it, there's a number of reasons why it's a lot of fun to wake up every morning and serve this industry exclusively. Well, it's, it's certainly dynamic because, I mean, you not only do you have the mechanical, you know, thermodynamic challenges of it, but you have the perception of the public of it. You have the different laws and different states challenges of it. But before we go there, tell tell us a little bit about your background. How did you, how did you, you know, like you didn't just pop out of the egg one day and decide to be a cannabis grower consultant or environmental strategist. How, how did all this come about? Yeah. Yeah. Without, you know, I don't know how, how deep or how long we want to go on it, but started as a mechanical engineering major at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. Didn't really understand fully what you could do with a mechanical engineering degree, to be honest. There, there wasn't, maybe that was on my, on me for not, not researching more or figuring it out or, or, you know, the, the different industries from figuring out ways at, at that time to reach out and, and, and excite the students about different different types of industries that are available. But I guess I, I thought I was going to just sit at a desk and design, you know, air, aircraft parts or some sort of a mechanical part all day long. I didn't want to do that. So I, I moved to industrial engineering, which I felt was as close to sort of a sales type environment as I could get without losing the engineering degree, which I felt was really, really something that I wanted 
wanted to continue with. And so ended up with an industrial engineering degree from Cal Poly, really with no specific, you know, like path, I guess, laid, laid out in front of me and uh, ended up with a couple of on-campus interviews to, to check it out. And one of them was with Train and I heard 100% commission sales. And I grew up in an environment like that, in a sales type of an environment uh, up at a membership camping resort up in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada on the way to Lake Tahoe and just wanted to be in a sales type of environment. And uh, the, the idea of being a sales engineer really made a lot of sense to me where you're, you're offering a whole lot of technical resource, but also a whole lot of relationship building and uh, finding commonality and, and working together, problem problem solving in a whole lot of different ways. And so I, I ended up going to the train graduate training program in Wisconsin, 2005, and that was one of the best experiences that I've had. Uh, that was more more difficult schooling really than I in, in an eight week compressed period that I really had ever had in my life and uh, forged some great friendships and ended up as a trained sales engineer in the San Francisco Bay Area, right really at the be beginning of the, the data center boom. And, and the, uh, he shared a bit about that, that industry and supported a team, you know, sales team that was, was heavily involved in that type of business. I also got a lot of national account type business experience and doing working on projects all over the country for for different organizations with Safeway, Whole Foods, others. Did a lot of supermarket work from that perspective. But so long story is ended up with a whole lot of different experiences on types of projects. You know, at supermarket I shared, hospitals, surgery suites, Edu lots of different education facilities and more run-of-the-mill type of facilities. But then as I progressed and ended up splitting off and running a opening and running a sales office up in the, the North Bay in Napa County, Sonoma counties, ended up getting involved heavily in the winery and brewery industry um, and serving winery process type systems and clients, which was really exciting. And you, you know, you talk about the process environment, right? Versus people comfort. There's just, there's so many different challenges that you run into levers to pull that, that are just different than people comfort. And so that, that experience and, you know, working with FDA compliant food production facilities and pharmaceutical facilities really sort of laid the groundwork for a lot of the different influences that we see required or, or needed to, to be supporting this cannabis industry and cultivation and curing in particular. And it was really just happenstance that we were in Northern California in 2012, 13, 14, starting to get phone calls about projects that were early on. And as California, you know, put through true recreational legalization and projects really started started blossoming, it, it was clear that this was an industry that, that needed a, a whole bunch of support and really had not been able to call a company like Train or really any anybody else, commercial contractors, you know, commercial and industrial design professionals, architects, engineers, everybody up and down the food chain. They just really didn't have the, they didn't have the ability to, to pick up the phone and call them, right? If they ever, you know, the, the, the utilities were their you know, we're as, as close to police officers and, and you know, the, their enemy somewhat in the black and gray market world as 
as as anybody else and you know calling calling a utility to say hey i need power i've got a you know i've got a true licensed project is just like you know somewhat foreign to to a lot of these folks i mean you know you talk about the the challenges there the, the fact that this industry has gotten to where it's at today without the ability to bank with the with big banks or you know any any bank really that's fdic you know protected it's it's just a, a, it's unbelievable the 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 amount of intestinal fortitude and you know just capital that that uh, these cultivators have had to find in so many different types of places to be able to put these projects together is just it's it's phenomenal that they've been able to have the success that they've been able to have so far with that and with like 280e which is a, a you know tax rule that you know it's puts a whole lot more financial challenges on these cultivation businesses plus you're, you're fighting very high taxes particularly in california but in a lot of other states there's been a there's a lot of headwind and a lot of challenge that these operators have had to face and will continue to face as as this this industry is, is, continues to kind of come out of the shadows but it's clear to us and it's clear i mean everybody that we that we work with and talk to it's it's clear to us that this is here to stay right you know 68 70% of the population of the united states wants can, cannabis available in one form or another whether it's medical or and or recreational um and so it's it's really just a matter of time at this point um to see some of those additional barriers come down well that that's a heck of a i mean the whole story is just remarkable and i think that it you know you, you talk about the intestinal fortitude of the the early pioneers of, of your industry but if you look back on it, it's the same thing that we have proven in this country time and time again, that the true entrepreneurs find a way and they find because they have the will and you assemble your band of brothers and you figure out how to go get it done. You know, so that that kind of leads me. And because we talk about relationships a lot on this program, how you and I met was from a mutual acquaintance. It, it's remarkable. You know, you talked about, you said so much, I'm kind of hopping around, but you, you talked about the train uh, program, the eight week deep dive that they send their sales engineers to. I've had so many people over the years tell me what a, you know, that, that group that they graduated with or went through that program with a lot of times is more meaningful than the people they graduated college with because it is an intense program from what I, I didn't go through it, obviously. It is such an intense program. You're young and impressionable, but you know this is your chance where if you stand out and do well, that it kind of puts you on the right path uh, in, in our terms of HVAC world. But the people that I know that have been through that program are damn good engineers and they, they're good people. So Kudos to, to train, which is not my favorite thing to ever say because they're my com competition a lot of days in the service world. But human development, they do very well at that level. So uh, hats off to them for that. And it's not new. You know, Tyler, this thing's been going. God, I don't know. Since the 20s. <laughs> okay. I did. I, I was going to say 50 years, but yeah, 
That's yeah, a, I think it's the late late twenties, I believe. I mean, it, it's the I think it's the longest running training program in the industry, from my understanding. And it's it's a six month long program, but the first eight weeks are all just technical schooling, right? It's like you take every course from a mechanical engineering school and you introduce the concept, go through the coursework, test on it in half a day to three days and every single every single course that you go through um and then you you bring in others that you you many others that you didn't see in college right about electrical and ductwork design and you know all different different things that you you wouldn't have gotten in dynamics or fluids things like that but yeah it, it is i can confirm that it is i for me at least it, it is definitely a, a closer you know you, you i develop closer relationships with the those those colleagues than I have with with almost anybody else, and definitely than than college. Well, it sounds like to me you were screwing off in college if you were <laughs> and didn't know what mechanical engineering was. That's that's what happens when you play play music, I guess, and uh, get get into the get into the jazz band and jazz combo in my freshman year and playing gigs in town. Well, I, was, I, was, I was still studying, though, Greg. Don't worry. All right. Well, it shows because you're a smart fellow, but. Um, so the the relational piece of this conversation, you know, when you when you decided to go into business with this cast of characters who I have met, how did the relations all work? You know, because you guys are all different. You know, I mean, the ones that I've met of you, which are I don't know seven or something like that of you, everyone I'm not talking about is a little bit different, like you know, in a normal office, you guys are different, you know, from the way you think about things, the way you hash out problems to, you know, it's just a very cool mix of eclectic folks. So how, how did, how did that human side come together? How did y'all agglomerate at one place? Yeah, no, it's great. Great question. You know, probably somewhat by accident in some ways, but also just through banging your head against the wall in, in other ways. You know, we're, we're we're really lucky to to be self funded startup basically, and and be you know be profitable company, which is really hard to do, and it is taken a lot of you know. There's been a lot of challenges and headwinds, you know, with, with that. For me personally, I, I want to surround myself and our company and our team with people that are way smarter than me and have much deeper expertise in a lot of areas that, you know, I, I'm never going to be the, you know, the, the, the smartest one in the room or around those guys, which I love, you know, I learn something new from them every day. And that that's really one of the big biggest takeaways for me in grow, you know, growing a team is, you know, I want to, I want others to be contributing. I want them to be significant contributors and, and really, you know, helping for us to collectively shape the business rather than it be a really, you know, firm sort of top down approach, particularly in a space that's changing so quickly. You know, that's, it's really one of the biggest pieces, you know, uh, you know, of, Sort of, of learning this and and just understanding what it what it's like to spend time serving this industry is like. I mean, literally every single morning you can wake up to completely 
unexpected news of huge mergers or companies going under or, you know, and I, I've always said this for years, but it's like, you know, your, your client today could be your competitor tomorrow, could be your teammate the following year, week or year. You know, it's, it's even more so in, in a space like this, just because there's so much movement and change and it's so early on in, in the industry. But I, you know, it's been really important for us to surround ourselves and grow the team with individuals that have deep cannabis industry experience and and uh, intimacy. And that that's really been one of the biggest differentiators, I feel like, for us is that, you know, yes, the HVAC intimacy is very important, but that's, you know, the our clients look at that just it's, it's just a box right it's it's just a, at the end of the day it's a box that's you know either working or not working and you, you need to figure out how how to get that box to really help them you know help them you know allow them empower them to use that as a tool in their toolbox or on their tool belt i mean it's it's just the same way that you know the the lighting is and all the different ways that you can manipulate the, the lighting input the same way that you can man manipulate your nutrient regimen the same way that you manipulate your genetic stock and and all of these i mean it's it's another tool to allow you to really try to push the boundaries um, of cultivation and and secondary metabolites and you know the formularies that you're going to end up with in down the road that are, that are available today, but also in, in the future as different types of consumer product goods companies get involved in this, whether you, you're looking at it from a beverage perspective or from a, you know, pharmaceutical type perspective, there's, there's so many, so many parts and pieces of, of the industry that are really, really in their infancy as far as how how they're going to evolve and develop in the in the coming years here, and so that that's that's really been the the most the, the the most joyful part of my day is is working with the team, and and experiencing all those different uh, you know angles and 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 uh, thoughts um, mindset and uh, suggestions and everything that they bring bring to the party every day. Well, I I'm envious of that because. Anytime you get to be involved in the genesis of anything, it's fun because there there's a certain amount of grace given because everyone is learning together. And, you know, there's a whole lot less grounds for judgment than if you're going down a path that, that has been beaten down a thousand times by somebody already having done that successfully. And you and I talked about this, and Tyler, we were sitting in Adrian's backyard a month ago uh, with his kids, and they were running around, and we were just talking about work. So we had a working meeting and while his daughter was having dance class. It was a fun <laughs> afternoon. But just the whole being able to shape an industry and getting in early and establishing yourself as, you know, and, and I don't mean this in a in – a, hoity-toity way, but becoming an expert on a topic is fun because you're always learning as you go. You're, you're like, you know, Adrian said it, you know, every day he learns something from Brian or from Durs or somebody on the team. And, you know, just this morning, I was reading an email from one of his colleagues about a thermostatic expansion valve, which, you know, to me is like really cool. 
because it's air conditioning related. But the level of understanding, and these are, are application engineers that are having this conversation that are out in the field with the customer, with our guys doing the service maintenance repair startup, whatever we happen to be doing. I mean, this is a like a, a, a guerrilla tactics time of the industry where you get to go out there and play. You know, you don't sit in some cubicle and bark out orders as an OEM and say, this is how it should be, because there is no should be right now. There's it's what we got and versus what we need. And in that synapse between those two things is the fun part of how do you get there? So I, I'm, I'm envious in that term, in, in that frame. It's, it's almost like a garage band type time, right? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think of that all the time. And oftentimes, once people get more established, they kind of long for the days when they were in the garage, just figuring things out and, and trying things and that sort of thing, right? Like, is that a bad comparison? Not, I don't think it's terrible. Um, I mean, I think I think a lot of our clients would want would want to know that that uh, material's been worked out, you know, well well enough that they that you know what it's gonna how how it's gonna respond um, out there in the concert. But yeah, no, I mean, there's 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 so many different ways to slice and and and, uh, and come up with the type the type of solution that is really is really best. And I, it's hard to say that there's one better you know one way is better than another i mean it's it's really going to take some time to kind of you know figure out what what are the best ways to serve you know to to, to do this this challenge which is you know we we, we call it one of our guys jesse kind of coined the phrase hvacd which is a little bit of an oxymoron with you know in the air in the air conditioning world because you one of the main methods of dehumidifying is by air conditioning. So um, you don't really need to add the D on when you're talking to a, to an air conditioning guy, but when you're talking to a cannabis guy who views a dehumidifier and an air conditioner as two completely different pieces of equipment that may be working well together, but in most cases are sort of somewhat fighting against each other for your control, you know, that, the the the, in, the integrated nature of the approach there is really one of the the things that that differentiates us in the way that we approach it. But yeah, there's there's a there's so many different ways to to go at it. It's one of the reasons we stay as as agnostic as possible around types of technologies or different manufacturing partners that we work with to really make sure. And you know, the, the piece I I didn't specifically say in that that last little segment and want to make sure is, is so clear here and the why we roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty on site like Greg was just sharing about it's that the the client is always first you know mm. every decision that we make in, in business and on a day-to-day basis and on a strategic basis revolves around our clients um, and our, our client needs um, and I really do feel strongly I know you do too Greg it's like if you if you're always maintaining that balance that that focal point around meeting and exceeding our client needs, you know, really everything else will, will follow and, and fall in place. I feel like. I totally, totally believe that and have for a long time because, you know, my, my wife and I were talking this weekend about, we, we've got, we, we just bought a house here in, in South Carolina and we're having some work done as usual. You know, it's like the story of my life working on a house, but, 
the ability to watch different contractors and how they perform, like it is, um, let, let's say that, that there's a room that's almost completed being painted and it's, you know, 20 after four. Do they stay till 20 till five to knock the room out? Or do they go home with half the wall painted at 420? See, there's another pun. I just laid it up there at 420, but um, I digress. Point is that if you're if you're going to do the right thing by the public, by your consumer, then you got to go all in, or you're because it's so transparent. You know, I mean, we're all consumers. We buy a lot of crap every day, and you know what feels good to you as a consumer. And seeing a wall half dry, half painted, when you could have like 10 more minutes knocked it out and had a good flat finish on the wall, you know, it makes no sense to me. But um, now you you guys get that. You guys get it. So, Tyler, what, how does all this strike you? Because, you you know, you're my token young man, and we have to make sure that we're hearing the, the younger generation thought on what we're talking about. Because you just always nail it. I don't know about that, but I, I did. I did kind of. I did kind of enjoy the the aspect of this conversation when you're talking about kind of being kind of the pioneers that get to advance this into something, you know, from from a newer stage into further development. I think is is really exciting and and honestly really awesome to to be a part of and, and to get to have a conversation about. And, and so I suppose those are the things that that really stand out to me about this conversation. It's just that that process of taking something from people not knowing a ton about it to, okay, let's advance this into new stages and let's, you know, continue to push the boundaries of, of what people think is, is possible. And I, I, to me, that's, that's just it's something incredibly exciting to be a part of. And, and I don't know that there's a question in there, Adrian, I don't know that I have a great question about this, but, but outside of just, you know, um, I, I don't know, do you, do you stop every so often and, and kind of sit around and think like, this is this is some really cool stuff we're doing. Before you answer that, Adrian, Tyler, think about this though. Yeah. They're not starting from zero and building right. for the future. They're overcoming, you know, since prohibition to now, there's been this negative connotation associated with cannabis as an industry, as a recreational drug, what have you, mm-hmm. that a lot of institutional companies, I guess that's a word, two words, won't participate in because of the the quote unquote gray cloud around it. And so it's not only do you have to start from zero, you have to get to zero. And what's remarkable about this particular group of, of young men to me is the fact that they're so professional and they're so educated that this is not a bunch of dudes plucking seeds in the ground and going and buying a five-ton air conditioner and putting it in a garage. This is science. It's mm-hmm. not this art. It's it's more advanced digital automation in the controls world than most office buildings have in them uh, by a big number. So it, it's like really, really advanced art and science to get to zero just before they can take off. So there you go. There's your well, old it, man view of that. The, that kind of combination of art and science, like what you're talking about, Adrian, do you feel like 
your background in music we were talking beforehand just about your your dad was a fantastic musician and, and you play drums you can we can see the drums in the background listeners won't be able to but but you know talking a little bit more about your your musical background do you feel like maybe the convergence of you know your 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 engineering background along with more of an artistic side of music kind of gives you a different framework to view kind of the the work that you do i i, de I definitely do i mean there's I mean, I feel like I think it's probably a lie if there's if people don't feel like there's improvisation that goes on with everything you do in life. But in particular, you know, coming from sort of, you know, growing up as a as a jazz musician, that that sort of sense of improvisation and uh, and and view. I mean, I, you know, it probably is not an accident that 75 percent of the the big band jazz players in college were all engineering students. Um, even though there was a pretty robust, you know, liberal arts and music major, you know, at this, at Cal Poly as well. But it's, there's something, I think there is something about that around that, the connection of math, math science and, and, and music and, and then how you can bring it, bring it back together. I mean, I, I, you know, when just thinking through, you know, what you guys were just sharing is, you know, to me, it's the one is that we, we don't really ever view ourselves as experts in what we do. Maybe others do, but we don't, we try not to call ourselves experts because we, we all learn something new every day and we're all progressing all the time. And we can, we, we change our, change our outlook and our, our positions on things based on different data and, and information and, and uh, experiences that come in as we go. And I think one of the, the the overarching you know sort of institution that we have within the company and, and how we approach things is humility right we, we don't we don't want to be viewing ourselves as the only experts or the only the the, the, the best of the this and the that you know we, we feel like we, we provide a, a whole lot of value in what we do but we also are learning the same way that everybody else is learning and and are excited about, you know, continuing to refine what we do. And that, to me, that's that sort of connection to improvisation, right? It's like, you know, here's what's laid out in front of you, which, you know, which path do you want to take? Where do you want to, where do you want to go? Which levers do you want to pull? How, how do you want to put it together? Because it's, it's really one of, to me, is one of the, it's sort of the, the, the most exciting and the scariest pieces of, of all of this is that there's no rules, Right. There's no, there's no, like you said, there's no, there is no tried and true, you know, method of how you do this or how you do that. And we have, like I said, it's, you know, it's, it's scary and exciting at the same time to know that you can really do anything that you want to do as long as you are, are able to uh, put the right the right situation together, but bring the right partners together, bring the right, I mean, again, it could be, you know, competitor today, partner tomorrow, you know, client, you know, client bringing just so many different opportunities to bring together this, this industry in different ways that you find that because our clients are, and just to be, you know, to be really clear here, like our clients are the ones that are the, the, the pioneers here, right? I mean, yes, we're, we're doing, you know, we're pioneering, you know, support wise from that perspective, but you know, the, the real heroes here are, are the cultivators and the, the business owners themselves who are putting up a ton of capital in a very, very challenging market dynamic. So we, we're just here, we're here to do our best to, to support them and, and help, help them have success with what they do and how they employ the, the capital that, that they, that they put down. They're, they're they're the true heroes here in this in the pioneers in this um of pushing pushing it forward and and we're we're just lucky to be along along with them for the ride and and really trying to do our best to help shape where where things 
where things go. Well, what's cool about that to me, Adrian, is so we've talked about the art and science, you know, Tyler brought it up again a while ago. So you have art and science within your company and you're always the, the bifurcating and coming back together with that same idea, separate, come back together. But with you and your customer who are the growers, who are the, the cultivators bringing new cultivars to market, they're the art and you're the science. So it's kind of like a play on that with your customers. So you're coming together, you're blending, you're coming apart, you're figuring out what works. It is 70% humidity the right number, 60% the right number. I love all that because that experimentation is what sets the tone for the ASHRAE type recommendations in 10 years. So I, I just, I, I love it. So Tyler, Guess what? I just looked down again. It's time flies, man. Time flies. Yeah, what happened? I mean, it was like we were just talking about Neil Pert, and then here we are again. An so. hour later. Well, Adrian, we're we're always in shock here of how quickly our time goes, and today is certainly no exception. That what what you guys are doing and and what you've been able to uh, explain, and then what Anders Peterson talked to us about before. You guys are making a difference, you know. I mean, you're you're doing things so differently from what I know of, you know. Tyler, the man told me that his engineer said HBAC was a four-letter word to them. So Ooh. I said my goal is to change that in their mind. So I'm working. It's like somebody spray-painting my sister's name on the water tower in my little hometown. I got to get up there and paint it you know, green, <laughs> knock down the dirt, but definitely been fun working with you guys and, and learning from, from you and inspire overall, Adrian, but a big thank you for taking time today and, and talking to us and our gabillion listeners that we have on this podcast. And uh, just really cool to learn. And, and, you know, when we look back in, in 20 years of this day, it'll be really cool to say, remember when, we were talking about something that was so fresh and new and how far down the road that the art and science will be by then. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. We appreciate you, Greg, and, and everything that you, you and the group do for us. Um, you know, we, we love the partnership because without really high quality field support, maintenance, you know, installation, startup, commissioning support in the field, we can't do what we do. Um, and our clients can't do what, what they do. And ha having that, you know, having a qualified, you know, responsive local team to pick up the phone and call and get have come out um, when they need help is is just really there's there's nothing nothing like it. So so we re we really appreciate that and and the relationship that we've built together and really look to serve serve this industry as best we can together. Uh, and I appreciate you guys uh, having having me on. It's been fun. It's always an awesome conversation when uh, when we have fun and and interesting and and awesome people to talk to. So, Greg, your speeches, man, that was that you you kind of had that look on your face like you were thinking, and then nothing came out. So I, I'm uh, I know that Tyler, you're such a thinker, man, I, and I love the questions you you ask and that that whole piece about the art and science together from the musician. 
And once you said it, it was like so obvious to me that, yeah, I could see that too of how they're having, you know, the whole improvisation piece is so strong. And it's just like having a podcast that's unscripted. Right. You know, you've got you've got the elements here, but what do you do with it? How do you mm-hmm. how do you get rhythm and how do you how do you make flow? So really fun stuff, man. Well, I'm, thank you for uh, both of you guys for bringing us together. This has really really been a good one. Yep. Thank you. Excellent, excellent stuff. Well, thanks again to, to Adrian for joining the podcast today. And of course, you can learn more about what Adrian and the team at Inspire Transpiration Solutions are doing at inspire.ag. Inspire.ag is the website. So if you want to go there, learn more about what Inspire is doing, um, you can do that there at the website. Greg, another awesome episode in the books. I appreciate you joining me here today, man. No, it's been fun. Adrian is just one more uh, piece of our toolbox that has just been become so robust with so many different, you know, elements that we've been able to talk about and good folks we've talked to. So fun for sure. Yep. Yep. And uh, we mailed a new microphone to Greg, so his audio should be better in coming episodes. But uh, who knows if we mailed it to the right email address because Greg moved every three weeks. So we'll just have to see if it goes to the right place. Oh, every four weeks, excuse me every four weeks. So we'll see if it goes to the right address. But everyone, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Straight Outta Crumpton. We'll be back soon with more episodes. Subscribe in the meantime on your podcast app of choice or visit gregcrumpton.com for more. But for Greg and Adrian, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you again soon.